Jacob Quinn has won the national championship for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 10th Second Podcast. My name is Keith Woodward. Thanks for all the students that joined us on our last episode. In this episode, we hear from Zach Metza, Colin Graff, Jacob Quillen, and Sam Lipkin. We talk for 45 minutes about one topic, the University of Minnesota game, and we start in the second period. Okay, so... It is now Sunday, and we're headed to uh, to Minnesota, and uh, let's we'll we'll roll this uh, first goal that uh, that you guys scored uh, in Minnesota. Brindamore still out there. Now he'll change. Metza keeps it in. Puck bouncing around for the Bobcats. Goes in front. So, Colin, we talked a little bit about it in just a, m- a couple moments ago where, you know, you hold the blue line. Uh, what did I say, Colin? Yeah, sorry, okay. Colin. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not talking to you. I was going to let it roll. <laughs> Zach, sorry. We talked about that a little bit in the a couple minutes ago in terms of holding the line. And uh, that essentially, that decision, right? And, you know, that puck could have gone by and it could have been a 2 on one and it could have been a different story. But your ability to hold the line – Settle. Wait for Kristoff to get there, and talk. What's going through your head at that moment? Uh, they had no one out of the zone. There was five guys in front of me, so I knew I could hold it. I had, uh, I had my partner back if something got by me. Um, puck came up. I actually, I tried to get it low um, to whoever's down there, but it almost it like hops, and I actually fan on it, um, and I had space. The defense. I don't really know what their guy was doing. He almost looked like he was like cheating it a little bit thought I was going to lose it um so I was able to get by him and just after you know a quick shoulder check see what we had in the middle I you just kind of see colors when you're out there to me at least I just you know you see the white and you see just a one guy in blue crashing the back post and I knew if I just got the puck back there somehow like we'd have a chance at again like just create some sort of chaos like some sort of rebound or you know get a crazy bounce and uh Telly went straight to the back post, it hit his stick and went in and you know, it was a great moment in that game. We were sh- I don't I feel like we never lost confidence at that point, but it was like you're also down two nothing halfway through the game in the national championship and you start to feel the weight a little bit. Um so for us to kinda get it going and and pop that one in, um, it kinda gave us a little more air. We could breathe a little bit and uh really start to get after it. Yep. So it's it's about this moment, right? About 10 minutes left to go in the second period that the ice kind of tilts a little bit, right? Like you could t- uh, and I, I think I've told you this. I watch I've watched this game 100 times. But you can see the fitness that you guys have your ability to go after pucks, your ability to chase. Even in this in the, even in this goal, I mean when you get the puck, Zach, I think I can't remember if there's a player over here, but there's two, maybe you have one offensive player in the zone besides yourself, and you've got four Minnesota players in the zone. And yet, when we roll the play, you now have five defensive players in the zone and you. And yet, somehow, Telly's going to swing by two of them. Just, I mean, sure, okay, maybe he's faster than them. Uh, I'm not sure quite about that but let's we'll roll with that for a second but those defenders are i'll say it so you guys don't have to say it a little lazy a little slow what were we gonna say colin all watching the i was puck. gonna say sleeping yeah <laughs> yeah right and so as as we roll this puck bouncing around for the bobcat goes in front score! i mean that's just a you guys were just physically fit throughout the whole game and we'll get to the third period because obviously obviously in the third period you guys were just Come on. I mean, would you outshoot them like 16 to 2 or 15 to 2 or something? I think the last two periods was 26 to 8. And even in that goal, um, I think it's Victor that comes through and just flies across, hunts the puck, like we were talking about. For I mean, pretty much forces a bad play. Like, if that guy has a little bit more time, maybe he skates it, maybe he chips it out, whatever. He forces a play for him to whiff a 
with a flip comes right to me i go back to her then you got someone else working their tail off tellier crashing the back post um and it's we talk about all year long it's little things like that that win games and you know case in point here marginal gains that's what coach calls them he calls them marginal gains if you guys can get a little bit better at face-offs a little bit better hunting the puck a little bit better at this that's when these when all those things come together the 22 year old from quebec is happy mr graff it's your turn we're going to talk about uh well before we get to you let's get to the source of the penalty Late in the third period. Oh, he took a big gulp. He does. I don't know if he wants to talk about yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this penalty, Mr. Uh, Lipkin. Um, yeah, Logan's one of my friends. Uh, we were just hanging out with each other uh, two weeks ago uh, in Arizona camp. Uh, he just signed today, so I wish him the best of luck. Um, yeah, no, it was very unfortunate. Um, I honestly don't find myself uh, behind the net much in the defensive zone. Um, so yeah, no, I kind of just picked up the puck, kind of leaned into him. Um, he definitely got his stick up. Um, I honestly thought we were going to take both. Um, I thought I was definitely going to go to the box just because I think it was four or five minutes left, uh, pretty tight game. You don't, you don't really expect a whistle. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a penalty and, uh, it's a very bad time to take a penalty when, uh, when your team is up a goal and, uh. And that's what we kind of were looking for. Um, we were creating all third period and kind of just needed that one power play to, to push us over the edge. Column 11 goals, 11 assists at Union. And the year you had at Quinnipiac this year, before we even get to this goal, was, from an offensive perspective, was probably a top 10 year in the program history. I mean, I have to go back and look at the... It was probably top five. Yeah, I was going to say top five, but I was almost afraid to say that. because Maybe I thought, top three. Yeah. That, that How does that happen? How, how do you go from a different school to this, to Quinnipiac, to being as offensively incredible year that you had? Yeah, I think it's the guys that, you know, no... no slander at all to the, the players at Union. I, I love playing with them, but I think that the players here just made the difference, especially the first time that me, Q, and Lip played together. That was a, a real special feeling. I think that helped a lot, and obviously the power play as well with Mets quarterbacking it up there and making the right reads all the time. I think that it's just a credit to, more of a credit to who I was playing with than me, I'd say. Okay, so you've credited everybody. Sure. Okay, great. Thank you. You've done, you've done the obligatory. Good guy. You're press. It's a political you're, answer. You're very, right, exactly. You're very press uh, worthy here. Let's talk about the effort you put in to get your slap shot or wrist shot, depending on what it is you take at the moment, from one of the one of the circles uh, by the goal. How much time do you put into that? Because that's what everyone wants to know. Like, yes, you can thank all everybody. It's all great. Super. Thank you. Thank you for that. But like, let's talk about how you practice that shot yeah i mean it's it's after practice every day every 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 day basically whether it be you know mets passing it to me like then we get some familiarity especially on the power play or it's anyone else it could be lip across it could be telly it could be anyone like that just like you get the whole practice and then i think that the the real difference is what you do after the practice when you have that that 15 20 minutes before the zamboni comes out where you can like because obviously during practice you're working on team stuff but there's you have to work on stuff for yourself too i think that that's a really important time that i like to spend where i got i got sort of a plan going in of what i'm going to work on and obviously a shot is one of them because it's a very important part of the game good answer Appreciate it. That, I mean, that's the truth, right? Like yeah. you're working. Yes, it is a team. There's no doubt it's a team game. But you're working on all of you work on your craft and exactly what, you know certain aspects of your craft that you want to get better at. So I think that's great. So let's go. Let's go to uh, after uh, Mr. Lipkin has drawn the uh, penalty. The extra attacker that's, is on. We're six wow. on four. Three twenty-eight to go. Peckone is a riverboat gambler. We saw it in the tournament last year against Michigan, and he's going to try it now. This is a huge gamble. Okay, let's start with Yanni. I was almost going to cut you off before you even kept going. Go, go, that go. Because obviously we had the Michigan game where he did the same thing, pulled it. We have all the momentum, 4-3, uh, and it doesn't work. And he got 
coach got so much heat for it. You come back to school and everyone's like, why would he do that? Like, you guys were buzzing. Like, you were going to get the fourth one. Like, what was he thinking? And it's what he does. It's tough to knock it. He's stuck to it. Um, that same year, the in the ECAC uh, final against Harvard, we same thing, pulled the goalie with a couple minutes left on the power play. Jaden Lee steps to the middle off a faceoff and scores, and we tie it, and we go to overtime. We obviously lose that, but he's done it before and it's worked um so it's you know it's a tough moment when it it stinks when it doesn't work but it's worked before so um you know it i think yeah someone calls him a riverboat gambler it might have been uh Bucci <laughs> it in was, it, which is a great uh, line but yeah. he, it's just that's the what he does like he, he's but not going to change which is awesome like no matter what happens like he just fully believes the more time you have um and even to start uh the power play I'd, because I think this is with, like, 40... It's towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was thinking about doing it to start the power play, and I think there must have been five or six guys, probably all returners Everyone from just the game before, like, and we all said, like, no. Because I think he just turned to, to Coach Dume, and you could just kind of tell he was thinking about it. And we... Everyone, I think... Friedman might have been the loudest. He turned around and was just like, no, like, absolutely not. We are not pulling the goalie. Um so you know like who knows if he uh would have pulled it before what would have happened but yep so 328 in the third as we've just seen kind of on the monitor yanni goes to the goes to the bench did yanni know he was coming to the bench because when uh, i will say and sam you were you know you're in focus in terms of when, yeah. when they call a timeout i got a i got a funny story for you after this go too. um so when we pull him and we're going on the ice tally's looking at me a little like 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 maybe we we shouldn't pull him and i'm like tell you we're gonna we're gonna effing score we're, we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and just like right after that i just saw his eyes and we were just so dialed and like i don't know i i, I love the play um i think you got a power play six on four i think you attack it um especially in a moment like that where you need a little low need little umph but uh yeah no i could definitely tell there's some nerves once the goalie was pr- pulled but uh yeah, I just had a feeling. And I think so. Rand, I've, I've said this before, but I think Rand thinks you lose three one. What difference does it make? Four one, five one. chance. Right. I, I actually I agree with his thought process. Like you got to take a chance. Six on four, you get an extra guy. You, you know, it it helps. It makes a difference against the number one team in the country, who was twenty two zero and zero in the third period when having the lead. Right. Yeah, you got to go for it. You, uh, right. Like, what? Do you, this is the moment, right? Yeah. Like, this is the moment. So, did did you know? If, if Yanni comes in, I know he's coming back on the whatever 18th or 19th. If he comes in, uh, I'd love to talk to him because I, he, he's a critical piece of piece of all this, as as every player is. But did he know he was being pulled? You gotta imagine he yeah. at least yeah. like kind of expected. He it knew it was probably coming around that that time frame. I would assume because he's back in net, and there's six of you. I mean, I was in Tampa. There's six of you on the ice. You know, you four. Uh, and two others, and then there's Gianni and Goal, and I'm like, wait, wait, there's seven play- players on the ice. Like, what's what's happening here? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's in his own world, so I don't know if he was looking at the board or not, but uh, the guys on the ice, we knew what we were going to do. What did Rand say at the timeout? Um, I think he probably told guys where to go. Who was the extra guy that went out with us? Telly. Telly. And we, had, we were doing some extra six-on-four plays, um, six-on-five plays, so we had a few options ready to go uh, right, right off the start. Sounds good. Let's let the play roll and we'll talk about it. On, we're six wow. on four, 328 to go. Pecknold is a riverboat gambler. We go. saw it in the tournament last year against Michigan, and he's going to try it now. This is a huge gamble. Minnesota can ice the puck and score a goal. But now they're set up. One timer. Oh, what a block by Faber. Wow, throws it around the other side. Telgate between the legs to Lipkin. Johnson is there. He's strong along the boards. Johnson. Time ticking away. Puck to the point. Graf is open, but an excellent stick. Logan Cooley about to step out of the box with an open net. We saw what he did in the semifinal game against BU with two empty netters. Graf has it. Power play over. Okay, before we get to the shot, did you know that the power play was over at that point? No idea. I knew it was close. Yeah. You can kind of hear the bench the, screaming. Feel the energy. Guys on our bench are screaming. So I kind of know maybe he's not out yet, but he's very close to coming out. Um, 
but you know he's he's not there yet like we can still we can still get something in here Zach how many times do you think you've passed it to Colin in that spot that we're about to see uh a million like you said before after practice he's always one of the last ones off the ice and I see him and Lipper or Telia down there just messing around like working on whatever they're doing I just may make my way over after I'd do some other stuff with the other D-man, and I just start passing it around. Like he said, you just—it's about being comfortable. Like you get in a moment like this, and it's just you're not even really thinking. You're just—you're seeing what they're doing and making the read, and you kind of just—you can almost do it blindfolded, to be honest. And uh, talk a little bit about Sam, your spot on the ice right now. Yeah, so net front, um, I'm very comfortable there. Um, I started the year there. Um, I honestly thought this puck was gonna was coming to me. Um, I was just ready, just stick on the ice, just tap it in. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it was a hell of a play. If if there's any rebound, me and Brindy are right there to to whack it home. And coach tells you to be there as well. Yep, right off the back post. Um, it's pretty hard for the goalie. Um, obviously, kick and shoot it, or if he passes it, my stick's literally right next to the post, just for an easy tap in. So. Yeah. All right, let's roll. That was just banana land. 2.47 to play in the national championship game, and you're now tied. You got nothing? Come on. This I, is, I, this I, is, I love this watching is, the celebration. This is the Because you, you can just, like, we always talk about passion and playing with passion, and uh, you, you can't get – there's no bigger moment in college hockey than three minutes left in the national championship game, down by one. Empty net. Making a play, and then you just get that rush of emotion. you got to make the effing play here, because if you don't, who knows what happens, right? Exactly. You have a six on four, you've got the pulled goalie, easily could ice the puck and it happens to fall in the, uh, fall in the net. Like, this is the moment. That was it right there. Actually, in that celebration, it was Telly and Graf that jumped so high. Like, I'm not tall already, but I didn't expect them to jump as high as they did. And I, I thought my back blew out, to be honest, when I went down. Like, I'm at the bottom of that pile. And I don't even think they realized they were just so caught up in the moment. But, I, like, I felt like I did a back bend. Like, my low back was on fire after the game because of that celebration. Graf <laughs> does it! Colin, that is a huge ass moment, and you're the guy. With again, you, you don't have to praise everybody else. We all know that they were they were there. What's that like? Yeah, you know, first off, I think it's pretty funny that unfortunately we were not put in many six on five situations the entire year, just because we won a lot of games. I think the only other one was at Colgate, and it was not the same unit out there at all. I was talking to Mets about this, like. That was the first time that those six guys have been on the ice in like an, a meaningful situation all year, and it just happened that like we're just so familiar with each other, we could like snap it around pretty well and and made a play. But yeah, it was it was surreal. Like I was just trying to get it on net. Like I I didn't really expect it to go in, but like you got Brindy there, you got Lip there, you got Donger going down. Like just trying to make something happen. Like I knew I was pretty aware that penalty was about to end so just trying to get it to the net like make it it was basically a three-on-one in front just trying to make a play and yeah it was special uh I completely blacked out like I don't remember it I just remember I just remember it from watching all those hours of practice all those hours that you put yourself in this position pays off right here when, when no one's watching in September you're doing stuff like this to get yourself better true yeah yeah, I mean, th th that's why you play right there. It's it's as simple as that. I mean, the next one, the next clip that we show a little bit more, but like both of them, all the clips from these these Frozen Four games, like that's that's why you play. Like that's why you put in the work to be to be in this moments like that. He was the man that needed to do it, Colby. Yeah, we were looking for Colin Graf to step up and make a big play. Skyler Brindamore doing an incredible job on top of the crease, calling attention to You can himself. see the goalie was playing the pass. Yeah. 
you can cut. There's so much disruption in front, right? There's uh, Skylar's there. Uh, Ethan's around the corner. You're around the corner. It, they got two defenders. The defenders don't know exactly which what's going to exactly happen. Although I'm sure they've watched the video. I'm sure they've prepared for it. Yeah, and you know, um, with their preparation, they they probably know because throughout the year, Graf would try to make that pass to Lipper, Brandy, whoever is in that front. So I think part of it too is like obviously Brandy's there and the goalie's got to respect him. But I think he's fully expecting like that puck to get to the back, or at least get to Brandy's stick and something happened so when it's when it when it goes through his legs he's probably you know it's just probably the worst feeling ever yeah yep no i uh i think the worst feeling might be coming next <laughs> Second uh, worst feeling. yes exactly um all right so we make it through the end of the third period and you're in the locker room yeah let's let mr jacob talk for a little bit jacob what's the locker room like it's 2-2, national championship game. You're 38 games into the season. What's going on? Um, I mean, we were. it was pretty quiet to start off. I mean, but we knew we were confident. Um, we were out shooting them, I don't know, 29 to 15 or something like that. But, I mean, you could feel the energy. You could feel that we knew we were winning this game. As soon as we came out there, we were going to dominate. Um, Rand came in can't remember exactly what he said but i think he said like let's have him do this or something like that just I feel like he almost laughed when he came yeah, we yeah all, he like laughed or something there, like the best word out of that is confidence like there was just there was a confidence in that room and Rand felt it when he walked in is like we're gonna do this like it's gonna get done uh which was really really cool just to me it was just goes back to all the all the work we've done all year all the moments the the north dakota series the main games like and then you get a moment like this and we it's a two best teams in the country battling uh and for us to come back and have that momentum it's we knew like whether it was how it happened or it was going to be you know in the second or third overtime like we knew we were going to get it done and zach let me just ask you and then others can comment but you know when you look at those two games michigan and minnesota i mean i haven't calculated it but you were on the ice probably more than any player uh, on the team um, and th- obviously you're the leader of the team you're captain of the team I get all that but how's the fitness for you guys at this point because you played a late game and now you've this was this was an 8 o'clock game so it was a little, little bit later so yeah. maybe you have an extra hour for us congratulations um, but like what's your what's your fitness how are you guys feeling from a fitness perspective as you're as you go in the locker room I felt great in that game like yeah. you kind of especially in a moment like that you you know, you get a, like a more than normal adrenaline rush, and you're kind of just you're riding a high that you've never had before. Uh, I felt like I could have played forever that game. I think I even gave Coach Dume some looks like I'm like I need to go back out there. Like I'm I'm good because he'd keep asking me like Are you good? Are you good? It's, the answer is never no, no matter what game. But especially in that game, it was like I'm I, I'm going back out. Like we're gonna get this done. Um, but you know, we were talking about Coach B before and. Without the work that we do, without guys showing up in July and running the hill that goes up to the rink, or all the work we do throughout the year, the lifts and everything that goes into it, the nutrition with Dana White, like it is, it all you do it all for this. So you're ready. You, like Will said earlier, we're a third period team. Like we just we outlast teams. Like we just wear them down. Guys are hunting and hunting and hunting, and teams just can't go for it like hang with us as long as we can go um i think it really showed in the last two periods like the season season on the line we dug down we found something that maybe we didn't know we had um but it's all thanks to the strength and conditioning and you know the everyone making sure they're recovering and not being in the sun like something just little like that like that's going on the beach with your family for a couple of hours on the off day like it all adds up let's talk about the jet uh yeah we so, we, we so when do you learn that you're running the jet like when um, like you come out on the ice yeah it was it was right away it was like we're doing the jet yeah we usually come out on the ice and we agree on a play we we say jet 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 so y- the players have made this call yeah yeah so the center will usually go around to each guy saying the the play we're running and then we uh decide to try to execute it now, why would you guys run a play that hasn't been successful 150 times? 
Well, it, it, Colin, take Colin. I want to hear Colin's uh, answer. To this. Yeah, that that is that is true. It uh, it never directly resulted in a goal all year. Even in practice, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like you, we didn't have a clean rep like that in practice. But I feel like there's definitely been like, like we've definitely got some like offensive zone like possession off of it. Like we've got like a nice little entry or something like that, like a two on two, like something along those lines. Like where we have possession of the puck, like it. It helps us get entry into the zone, but yeah, like I mean, like I wasn't expecting us to score on it. Like if that, if you know, like I was expecting us to like. Yeah, get, you, Q was gonna you win it. Yeah, we get we get the puck. We just chip yeah. it in, go to work. Yeah, exactly. That's how it usually happens. Yeah, yeah. even even Coach Dume, who I had him break down the because he designed the play. Yeah, uh, I had him break it down in terms of how what's exactly supposed to happen and so forth and so on. Um, and he says, yeah, most of the time it just goes. In, it's a play to get it in the offensive zone, and then, you know, this time it was a little bit different, obviously. If you go back to my freshman year, when we <laughs> kind of throwing Wyatt Bongiovanni under the bus here, but if you go back to our freshman year when we played Duluth, and it was a two-to-one game, we had the beginning of the third period the same exact play, actually cleaner, to be honest. It was a clear cut two-on-one. Bongio got the puck, and he had Odin Tufto, who had. A gazillion points here as a bobcat. Yeah, coming down the back door where Quills was like a clean two-on-one, and for whatever reason, Bonjo chose to cut back and didn't make the pass. Uh, and Doomers brought that clip up like multiple times because it's very, you know, obviously this one was in overtime, but in that situation against UMD, it was two-to-one game. He slides it to Dean for a breakaway. You know, who knows what happens. Maybe we make it to the Frozen Four. Maybe we make a run then. But it that's the one time I can think of that the Jet has created offense, and we just – shout out Wyatt, but he, he just – we didn't get anything off of it. it didn't, yep. It didn't end up in the back of the net. Yep. And uh, so let's roll the play, um, and then we'll, we're going to stop it a couple times here to talk a little bit about uh, about what happened. This is a great video, too. great Wife, Nikki, a sigh of relief. The great, the greatest bit. as we got a space. tie ball oh, game, two forty-seven. Wow, what a move! So the goalie pulled goal by the Bobcats. That's a gutsy move, man. As the puck flies into the Quinnip. Winning a draw, getting the puck out along the wall, doing the ugly thing. Colby Cohen. It's going to be a pretty goal. It'll there. be an ugly goal. 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 Get ready for it. it it's going to hurt goal. your feelings. Colby, you've been there, man. You've done it. And towards the net. Briesh Patel is the strength coach for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. They take pride in their. I think this might be the most underrated play right here. That puck went right by me and that kid's face, and we're like, whoa. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You, you and the uh, yeah, your defender? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, shit, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what happens here, right? Have you seen have, – can I take Rand it? Rand turns around to throw the puck to a fan. I think he searched for, like, a weirdly long time. Yeah. Like, I feel like you just turn around and throw it to the first <laughs> first little dude you see. He still has his back turned. You can see in the middle of the bench. 100%. And you know what he was looking for? A little kid. He couldn't find one. He found guys with beers watching the game, and he couldn't find a little kid, and he wanted to find a little kid. That's what he told me. It's it's classic. That's crazy. All right, Colin. So Jacob's already taken one face off. We're about to take the second face off. You know, there are a lot of components to this play, obviously. But the fact that Jacob wins the draw here in a second, and then you see the loose puck, is that part of the practice? Yeah, that's something that I would have n- never in my life done before coming to Quinnipiac, 100%. It's face-off intensity. I think that's one of the first things that Rand talked to me about coming from unions. Like, these little things like that like could make all the difference. Like, obviously, there was a lot of unbelievable plays, but, like, that's something that I never would have done. But now it's just, like, like it's just built it up where it's just common practice. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go in and get the puck, basically. Yeah. So... Those marginal gains we talked about, those yeah. little things that you have to do because you, you guys, well, the vast majority of you aren't NHL draft picks, uh, high-level draft picks like like they like the other team has, obviously, in this example. But doing those things well, doing those things right, makes you the difference. Zach, 
the puck is designed, according to Joe Dumay, to come back to you no matter what. Whether it goes over to Jake Johnson, whether it go, wherever the puck goes, the next step is you. And that's true. Yes, correct. Okay. And when do you know that obviously Colin is going to come across here in a second and draw the defender closer to the to the side of the rink? When do you when, when do you make decision to get to Sam? You kind of got to let it especially when it comes directly to me like if it goes to Jake Johnson and he passes over there's obviously a little bit more time in there so the play kind of develops. Um, but it's kind of it's crucial for me to kind of just wait a second and maybe if anything too like look at Colin kind of like a quarterback like draw the safety over them draw that D-man towards um, Colin to open up uh, Sam coming over the top so there's a pass there um, and you know I think in that moment I that's about when I obviously right before I make the pass I see that he's about to enter into space so it's kind of just throw it out there, let him run into it, let him skate into it, and uh, get possession, move forward. So, so Sam, you're on the left side to start the play. Yeah. And your role is what? Um, so first job, you got to make contact uh, with that guy at, at the faceoff so he can't get the loose puck that uh, Grafford got. Um, then it's kind of just like a little bun hook, and you're trying to just get to that dot in a nice little soft area. Um, do you know you have your man? You know you're gonna you're yeah, open. So when, when do you know I, you're open? I pre-checked before Zach passed, and I was like, "Holy shit, I got a lot of time here." Um, then once I received it, I head checked again, saw I had more time, then head checked for a third time, and saw that he was wide open. So yeah, no, it was a lot of head checks um, to just spatial awareness. So I knew once I got that puck, I had a lot of time. Then I honestly had a lot more a lot more time than I thought I had um, because the defenseman was just beat. So, so, so Zach, that's blue to, blue line to blue line. What's that? Probably 60 feet, 60 foot pass. I think it's 25 feet here, 25 feet, and then maybe yeah, ten, about ten. yeah, probably stick to stick, 25, uh, 60 feet away to uh, a moving, moving into the space. And we talked a little bit about space and where you should put the puck in terms of tape to tape, right? Yeah, I hope so. Like, I'd, I'm if I'm in that position, I, you know, I'm expected to make that, and I expect that of myself. I actually, in my mind, I thought I handcuffed him a little bit. I thought I put it too close to his feet. Where obviously with a stick, it's really tough to if it's inside, in a, uh, in between your heel and your the toe of your uh, uh, blade, it's it's tough to get. But um, or toe of your skate rather. But you know you. He catches it. I guess it he wasn't as bad as I thought. Maybe, you know, I expect a little bit too much on myself. But, uh, yeah, it, it worked. It was it was enough. Jacob, you've won the faceoff. Colin's come in and gotten it. Passed it back to Zach. It's now on its way to Sam. Tell me about what your responsibilities are as a centerman in that position. Yeah, so i gotta I got to win the draw, tie up my man for a little bit, and then me and uh, Lipkin interchange. Um uh, our guy, so we, he kind of gets lost on on his guy, and then I I try to lose my guy, and um, I ended up beating him a little bit and had that more uh, than a step. little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you? When did you know that you had beaten him? Was it before the other uh, before the offensive blue line? Um, yeah. Well, he he was like puck watching a little bit, and then when Graffer steps up, that D comes, and then. When Lipper comes across, that other D has to follow him. So then, if I beat, if I get a step on that guy, it's it's a two on it's a two on one. Are you one of the faster guys on the team? Yes. Yeah. You want to answer go. that, Jacob? Sure. Your, your yeah. teammates are sitting for you. You're one of the so so in the design of the play, right? Knowing that Joe has to put the fat one of the brother probably one of the faster players up there to get into that open position is critical to the success of the play. Um, yeah, I mean it can it can contribute, but I mean you could you could be slow, but have good timing and still and still be able to get there and beat the guy. Sam, on the left hand side, on the right, excuse me, on the right hand side, you've got space. When do you see Jacob, who is probably is probably ten yards? If you back it up like five seconds, you can see. Here in overtime. 
So my first head check's probably right about there. Yep. Then right there. Once I received that puck, my head kind of just popped up. Kind of just saw him. And, I mean, that's a pretty good defenseman in Lacombe. Um, mo most times he's probably probably batting that out of the air. Um, but he kind of just went through him. But I saw saw Quills had a step and just threw it to an area and kind of just trusted it. And the player in the center of, of the rink, Jacob, that's the guy you beat? Yeah. And you beat him long before we're looking at it right now. You yeah. beat him at the blue line. Yeah. Okay. Before we sit, we all know what happens next. As a scorer, right, which is essentially a centerman's position as, as a scoring position, the natural reaction is to shoot. Your natural reaction, or your reaction in that moment, was to take the puck to the backside. Why did you do that? Um, I don't know. It's it's pretty much just instincts. Uh, I mean, it's super hard for the goalie to be sliding across, and then once you get the puck right away and go to the other side. So I mean, it was kind of just as soon as I got the puck, just move it to my backhand and tuck it in. Just that easy. Yeah. <laughs> made, made it look it. <laughs> made it look it right. Let's talk the celebration. Look, can we talk about that, Colin? We have to. <laughs> we have to. This is mandatory right here. All right, there you go. All right, what do we got, Jacob? The, you have scored the national championship goal from your partners here in the room. Everybody's, you know, like what, what's happening here. Uh, yeah, it was the day before. Um, I mean, I visualize every play um, you could imagine. And I just, the day before, I was like, if I score an OT winner, I'm doing the team Mussolini. So I just... It was it was quick enough in the OT where I had a lot of energy, so I was just whipping down the ice and decided to do it. Colin, what do you think of the celebration? <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. Just, I mean, I wish like the camera was like out, just like the chaos going on on the ice. Like the other angles are so awesome. Obviously, Q's stick got launched into like section like <laughs> P, like up in like the third row. His gloves gone. Just an absolute yard sale on the ice it's 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 awesome like i'll just like watch it like randomly on like a tuesday i'll be like oh yeah i'll just look up the skull and watch it just to feel that feeling again like there's nothing like it it's the best video from beginning to end ever yeah. the the <laughs> you have the minnesota player flying into the ref who's like holding the finish as he's going down into the boards got a guy breaking his stick over the you post got, yeah he tries to break <laughs> his stick on the post and then you get you get Timu Solani going down the <laughs> ice, like the like for me, my vantage point of that was awesome because I got to see Quill celebrate, but I also saw like Yanni flying I, in the complete I opposite direction. Yanni. Yeah, me and Yanni just made eye contact. And I, I had a moment where I didn't know who to go to, but Quills was going, so and he just scored, so I was going to him. Like I know Yanni played great, and you know he's a big reason why we're there, but I I, I was going to the goal score, especially when he's doing that and launching a stick into the crowd. Throws a twig up in the air. Yeah, yeah, shout out. <laughs> that guy. Back. Yeah, that, that Michigan fan. Yeah. W wouldn't give the kid back his stick. Yeah, his stick is gone. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't either. Keep that thing. <laughs> and the coaching staff is just, it's what they work so hard for every single year, right? It's, that was it, a long time coming for Rand. It was a long time coming for Rand. It certainly was, and very well well deserved for all the hard work and the number of wins that he's put together to finally reach the pinnacle of the craft that you guys all work for. Chills. Pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't get old watching it. <laughs> it. No, I mean, have you guys? Every time. Yeah, you've, you've watched it a thousand times, I'm sure. Anytime you need a little some some, <laughs> you just watch that. <laughs> throw, throw it on the YouTube. Get <laughs> you going. It works every time. <laughs> every time. All right. On ice. Celebration on ice, which is great. You know, the banner, the photos, the whole nine yards. You go back to the locker room. Whose idea is it to uh, drench the head coach? I think it was I mutual. Know. I think everyone was like, <laughs> I, get get him. I don't know who it was, but it. Uh, I feel like I've, I've heard rumors of who uh, at least had the thought, but, you know, if Rand hears, I don't want him to hold it against him. <laughs> protect, protect every man. Yeah, but it was, it was that, I mean – the whole celebration was just so special. Like, you when you realize you accomplished the ultimate goal, like 
the hardest thing to do in college hockey is to win the national championship and you know to have done it and the way we did it and with the group we had like yeah with our group like like we had we had so many fifth year guys who like like zach uh ethan skyler like all those guys could could have won pro like and they decided to come back like that was a team that was built over a span of five years um it's pretty special and you, you you don't get that all the time so yeah um and then it's off to american social and you guys all walk in place goes nuts right you know you bring the trophy the whole nine yards and one of the one of the again i'm a long time quinnipiac guy but one of the greatest moments that i will never ever 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 forget long after i've forgotten about the goal was when they do the top 10 on sports center and it's you guys across the whole bar yeah, yeah. going nuts yeah that was it just to be in the room with the guys who accomplished something that's going to be on sports center top 10 what was that like just so special yeah. I, I think jacob the, you scored the winning goal yeah. come on <laughs> i mean i was it was when i was there and they played it i mean it was just unbelievable wow everyone started cheering uh, it was funny because I think it was Minnesota's reservation at the bar, and we took it. Um, That's how new we were to the process, right? We didn't even yeah. think about the after party. No, yeah. but I mean, it was it's a it's a dream come true. I mean, it feels so good to bring it home for the school and like all the alumni that passed by, and then obviously the group we had. It was unbelievable to see that. I leave I leave the airport at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, and the the bar is still. Uh, active downstairs <laughs> in the in the hotel lobby oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i i joke because there's one senior administrator who was she was there with you guys uh the, the whole night and uh those are the fruits of your labor that's getting to be with your guys being like that's got to be a tremendous moment you know all the noise is kind of quieted down a little bit from the night and you guys are still there having a great time you just kind of soak it all in and you know, especially at that time, like, I it almost meant more to the alumni, like the alumni that were around, and you, you could tell how much, like, I mean, there is alumni that I played with, and uh, guys that came before that were crying on the glass when we were carrying the trophy around, the full grown men just crying, like balling. Yeah. Shout out Mark Chorney, my one of my best friends, my roommate for a couple of years, like he was balling. I've never seen him cry, and he was balling. Um, so to see like you know just how much it meant to those guys and because we wouldn't be where we are today without them like you know the team in 2016 uh that went to tampa the team in 2013 that lost to yale like uh that was cool so you know at that time it's you got the alumni there telling stories and just telling letting everyone know how special it was and how much it means to them and uh to me that was like the coolest part Talk to me a little bit about your when we're going to get to the celebration, and then I'll you know I appreciate your time that you guys have been here. So Devontae's, um, the conversations with previous players, NHL, Stanley Cup. I know the locker room. You guys stayed in the same locker room the, that they were in, et cetera, et cetera. But like, what does that alumni relationship mean to you guys in terms of the access you have to people who have who are playing at the highest level for sure, but are Bobcats and went through this program. It's, to me, it's, I mean, it's so important um, when we do the alumni game in, in August. That's like the best part, at least to me, that when I was coming up is meeting those guys and, uh, you know, especially the Devontes and the Cliftons of the world. But you also got to think of the guys who aren't playing pro that just did everything they could for this program. And now they're, they're in business, they're working, they have jobs, like, but they're still willing to come back. They want to meet the new guys. Like, I mean, I'm an alumni now and uh, I'm back here for all of August. I part of it is B, but I also want to be around the guys and you know know who's on the team. I want to know what everyone's doing and all that, um, and to have that network who of guys who are so willing to help and give back to the program and make sure everyone's you know in a great spot. Like we had the dinner uh, when we got to Tampa that was covered uh, by the class of 2016 and Devontae's and um, you know everyone wants to be a part of it no matter if they're dressing up or watching from their home which is really cool yep colin talk to me about the monday after 
So obviously we, we had the Friday, excuse me, we had the Sunday game, uh, Sunday fly home. We, you know, I see all you guys at the, at the welcome back. And then Monday was a celebration. But from what I understand, and uh, Sam's already been drafted, um, but f- the phones are ringing for, for players. And obviously Yanni's obviously off to Carolina. Um, but from what I understand, your phone might have been ringing. Jacob, your phone might have been ringing for opportunities. How do you process everything that you've just been through and now all of a sudden, like a year and a half ago, you were at Union scoring 11 goals, and now there are people calling you <laughs> going, uh, yeah, can you come play for us and uh, we'll give you an NHL contract or an AHL contract or whatever the case may be? How does that work? And then, Jacob, I'm going to come to you next with the same question. Yeah, I think that it was uh, it was really quick. It was just looking back on it, like it just felt like a really like like a blur. And I remember like going into some of those meetings, like not knowing what to expect. And when you put it that way, like how far I've come in a year. And I think that like obviously like a super tough decision after that week. And I sort of like gave myself some time to like think about my future. I think that it was a really hard decision, like both ways are good. But for me, it just really came down to development. And there were still things that I wanted to work on before going pro. And obviously my my only year at Quinnipiac, we won. So it was, it was a pretty good year. I, I really enjoyed my time, like my favorite year of hockey for sure. So why would I why would I pass up on another chance if I got the opportunity to do that? But I really think at the end of the day, it was development and just knowing that I still have things that I want to get better at before I make the jump to pro hockey. That's a lot of self-reflection for, our, what are you, 22 years old, 21 years old? 20. 20 years old? I mean, that's a lot of self-reflection. I mean, it's it's almost like our beginning of conversation I mean, in terms of how you make a decision at 15, 16 years old that you want to go play for a university, right? And so on a scale of 1 to 10, how close were you to going? Scale of one to t- I mean, ten, 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 ten means you're going. One means you're staying. <laughs> I'd say maybe like maybe like. I mean, I was, I was open to anything. I mean, I guess like at one point it was like like fifty fifty. But like once I heard like what, it was like actually no, I wouldn't say it's fifty fifty. I say it's like once I heard what the opportunities were. Like I, like I knew that coming back like. If there were different opportunities, then it'd be a different scenario. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a, like I didn't like want to make a decision before I li- I got all the information. Yeah. And then once I got yep. all the information, I thought that, like obviously I took some time to think about it, and, like weigh all the options, and like it's tough like thinking about like short term. Like it could be really cool to do one thing, but it's, I thought it was better long term for me to come back to school. Yeah, I'll also just give these guys credit. Like, we were in communication with each other every day, just seeing what's up, how we're feeling. Uh, gave, gave someone uh, just to talk to a friend uh, instead of the agent's family. Uh, you get a little bit different perspective, see what they're thinking too. So, yeah, no credit to these two guys to good resources for uh, us but to talk. You could have gone too, Sam. Right? Yeah. Because you're already with an organization, technically. Yeah, right? they, uh, they... I'm sure they're yeah. calling. Yeah, they were, they were definitely calling. I think it was like five minutes after I got off the plane like I was already in contact with like the GM and everyone a part of that so it was pretty quick and it was kind of just a moment where you were like I just want to enjoy where I'm at right now just because what what we accomplished yeah um Jacob um yeah I mean it was it was good it was it's it's humbling to know like where you kind of where you stand after the year and you know what opportunities you might have for me, I still have stuff to prove in this league, so I wanted to come back. And then also, um, I want to—I'll be able to graduate next year, so I can get my degree. Um, and then once I found out Graffer and Lipkin were coming back, I mean, it was a—it uh, was a pretty easy decision. Well, not easy decision, but I mean, it was a easier. It, yeah, well, not easier, but it was a—I think it was a good decision to come back, work on my game and stuff. Um, and uh, hopefully, we'll get those opportunities again next year. Very nice. Um, what's opening night going to look like? It's going to uh, be good. Boston College, 
they'll be really good next year. Yeah, they're going to have a pulley probably, and there's going to yeah. be something like a unvi- unveiled at yep. the top. But probably get the I, I don't really too. care about Boston College or BU <laughs> or whoever you're playing. That's going to be a night, huh? Yeah, that'll be a, that'll be a night. We, we probably won't forget. I would assume. Yeah. I'm just hoping I could be there. I'm hoping, right. you know, I'm not – I got an opportunity to drive, make the five- or six-hour drive wherever I am, Rochester or Buffalo, and make yeah. it down. I want to – I want to be there to see it. I want to, you know, watch the guys. Yeah. Do you do you ever step do you ever step back and uh, just think about like the whole year in its totality and the ups and the downs and you know when you think, you know, you're focusing on your nutrition, you're focusing on your mental health, you're focusing on all these things, and then it all just kind of leads to this, and it was worth all the time that you put in, and makes you grind a little bit more. Part of what I think about too when I look back at the year is we had some crazy trips. Like, and maybe that helped with uh, bringing the group together and why we were so close. But, you know, we fly to North Dakota. We had Ireland, which was an incredible experience um, for everyone. Like, just to do something so different, go across the, across the ocean and play some hockey over there for, um, for a little bit. Like, everything we did, um, we accomplished almost every goal we had when we talked about the championships and one was added because of Belfast and uh, the Friendship Four and obviously we didn't get the White Law but I mean I, it was my favorite obviously even without the national championship probably my favorite year that I've had while I've been here um, and you know I think it's a big reason all of everything put together is a big reason why we were so close and uh, we're able to stick it out in, in Tampa. Very nice. Gentlemen, congratulations. It was a hell of a season, one that will not be forgotten around here. Um, and I know there's a lot of players uh, that came before you. There will be players that come after you. Uh, but this season one, obviously, which is the whole reason why we're doing this, is to kind of commemorate that season. Um, and thanks for coming in. Thanks for doing this. I um, appreciate it. I think the stories you told, the listeners and people who fo- have followed this program for a long time will appreciate. Um, and uh, it's just, a, it's just you're, you're fine young men. Uh, and I think that's what uh, is really most important. I mean, you're good hockey players, but you're, you're generally good guys too. So thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the 10th Second Podcast. We wanted to take a moment and just say thank you to all the people that told their stories about Quinnipiac and their connections to the men's hockey program. Everybody from Jim Kennedy, the very first coach, to the current day assistant coaches, to the support staff, to Kobe Cohen, to the head coaches, to the players, all of it was a wonderful journey about how Quinnipiac started and ended up as national champions. Thanks to everybody who listened to the 10th Second Podcast. We appreciate your feedback. We appreciate you listening. And thanks for joining us on this journey. This project couldn't be complete without the help of junior communications student, Justin Morofsky. We spent countless hours together in the editing room and recording the podcast. None of this would sound as good as it does if it wasn't for him. Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th second, and also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode. <laughs>